Amen. So glad that you're here this morning. Thank you for braving those bad roads to join us at church this morning. It's kind of a joke. Your road might have actually been bad. So glad that you're here. So glad that you're safe. Nice and warm in here. Uh, you will be blessed as a result of being here for sure. We want to give you the opportunity this morning to just partner with us in giving. Partnership is awesome because what partnership does is, is it allows you to take part and get the blessings and, and be a part of everything. And you are just as much as part of this house as, as Pastor Greg is or any other minister that may come into this place. When you sow and you partner with the vision of God, it is just as if you're the one doing the work. And that's what's awesome about partnership. And this last year, we built that crazy student ministries building. If you have not been in, talk to me. I would love to give you the tour. It is spectacular. And that is done as a result of partnership. And so we are so thankful for that. Anybody believing for greater levels of financial freedom this year? Amen. That's a good thing to believe for. Well, I want to encourage you. Uh, financial freedom does not come from making more money. It doesn't come just because you make six figures. There's a lot of people that make six, fig six figures and they live like they don't. Financial freedom comes when your money is surrendered to Jesus. I, uh, I learned from Pastor Bob when I was 16 or 17, early mornings at Rocco's before high school. Uh, he taught me how to tithe. And from the time I was 16 and 17, I tithe the entire time. And I've never had a financial issue in the 10 years I've been born again. Not one time. I've never had a crisis. I've never been without. But it's because when you honor God with your finances, he blesses everything else. When you put God first, he takes care of everything else. Isn't that the principle in Matthew 6, He takes care of the rest. And so if you're looking for a greater level of financial freedom, you got to dig deeper into your, your pockets and say, God, I trust you with my resources. I trust you with what I have. And he increases, uh, he increases you based upon your faithfulness of where you're at in this season. So we want to give you the opportunity to give. Uh, it is a privilege. We don't twist your arm. You can give or you cannot. It's completely up to you. You decide in your heart. There's envelopes on the seat back in front of you. You can text the number on the screen or you can give online at lake-church.com. I'm going to pray. We're going to receive the offering. We're going to get into the word. Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for the privilege that it is to just partner with you in the vision of this house, the people building place, God. Help us to raise up a people that are madly in love with you. And so we just thank you uh, for blessings upon all those that are here today. And we just give you honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Lake Church. Good Hallelujah. We can do better than that. Good morning, Lake Church. All right, amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And it's good to see all of you on this snowy day. It was going to happen sometime. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, let me see here. Bob, you're coming up here to... Do we have the mic... We've got our Sunday night school that's uh, starting, started last week, but we have uh, special classes that are starting on um, Sunday night, 6 o'clock p.m. in our new uh, student ministry center, and um, we had uh, disclosure last week. We just had a wonderful time there, and uh, we're going to be having reset with Bob Hazy this 6 o'clock, 
So Bob's going to let you know a little bit about what his class is. These are once-a-month classes, and they just keep going and keep going. You don't have to start at any particular place. These stand on their own, and they're a place for interaction, fellowship, and in-depth teaching. So tell us what you're going to do here. All right, Reset is about us resetting our lives uh, with 2020, 2021, we have gotten out of kilter, so to speak, with the things of God. I mean, I, I have, so I've, I have as a pastor, you know, like spending time with God, reading the word, giving, all these things. If I'm one of these people, the Lord laid it on my heart to share with you to reset our lives and get ourselves back on track, so to speak. And even if you're not off track, it's a good thing to come and just learn. Tonight we're going to start with being in his presence. And it's what pastor is teaching today is going, I'm going along with what he's been saying. He's used a lot of scriptures. And it's so important, I think, for us to get our focus back on things because you know the world's trying to distract us so much with all this everything you know going on finances lack of supplies medical covid whatever and so my purpose is with reset to get our heads back in the game get our spirit and our soul to where we're lining up with god not the things of the world Amen. Amen. So 6 o'clock tonight, Bob is going to make uh, Vienna sausage sandwiches for everyone that will show up. So it would be, be really good. Amen. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. And basically, I'm going through an overview of, of the book, Empowered to Discover, which is uh, the first of the, the train battery of lessons. And we're going to be talking about identification. Identification is vital and important. What you identify and who you identify with is the difference between success and failure uh, in this life. So let's look at uh, verse number, well, let's see here. My goodness, there's a small print, 14. It says, So I kneel humbly in all before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Who could stand a little of that? Amen. Anybody in this room stand a little bit of that? Divine strength and power. It says, then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. How powerful is that? Amen? Notice that it is through the constant use of your faith. The constant use of your faith releases deep inside of you... Um, the resting place of his love and will become the very source and root of your life. If you're going to see the manifested presence of the Lord consistently in your life, it's going to require a consistency in using your faith. Amen? 
The just shall live by what? That means in everything that we do, we constantly use our faith in order for the life of God to manifest in our lives. Not half faith, not uh, one day, one Sunday morning with faith, and Monday we live a different way, or Wednesday night we put our faith on at 6.50 right before we go into Bible study. No, we constantly use our faith. It is to see the life of God manifest in your life requires you to consistently and constantly use your faith. Amen? And then it says, then you will be empowered to discover. And that's what we're talking about, empowered to discover. And so we're uh, showing you that because of where you came from, that you were dead in your trespasses and sin, and that there were actually strategies and things that were put against you to keep you from seeing who you really are, okay? And so I'm reading from the book. It says, what if I told you that you have been duped into believing a lie about yourself? What if I showed you that the real reason for your existence has been concealed from you? What if I revealed to you that your life is so important, Kirby, your life is so important that it has been conspired against, strategized against, plotted and planned against? These things have been devised to keep you from discovering your true uniqueness in the kingdom of God. What if I told you that your destiny is in plain sight? It's not hidden from you. It's in plain sight. But the camouflage of this world system has kept you from realizing it. Would you be surprised that the entire world system, with all of its glory, with all of its accolades, with all of its education, all of its information, and all of its wisdom, is in direct opposition. Listen to that. Is in direct opposition with who you really are. Now that's a heck of a paradigm shift, isn't it? Because we have learned to trust the systems that are in this world. We've learned to trust the political system. We've learned to trust the educational system. We've learned to trust various systems that we rely on in our lives. After all, we would never suspect that a teacher would ever lie to us. We would never suspect that a politician would, you know, do... Hello? We would never suspect that. We would never suspect that even Christian leaders would be deceptive and and lie to us. Okay? This is very, very important to understand that we take in a lot of things. We just assume that these things just run the way they're supposed to run and uh, that we shouldn't put any thought whatsoever into the fact that these things are actually working against us, even good things, even things that we would consider good. In fact, a lot of what is earthly good or worldly good is detrimental to you finding out who you really are. Humanity has been under siege. We've got to understand that. We're in a warfare. Humanity has been under siege by ancient forces, forces that have been around for millennia. Listen, there are meetings about you. 
Amen? And it's not necessarily about whether you're going to go to heaven or hell because they don't care about that. They just want you out of the equation because they know, and this is what you've got to get a hold of. They know that if you're on planet Earth and you're breathing air and you're alive, that means that God Almighty has given you a chip in the game. That's what he means. And they're about now. They're not about hell. They're not about heaven. They just want you six feet in the ground because their goal is to control this realm, this place. They're not interested. You know, of course, they would love to amass a lot of people that would fall from God and be cast into, you know, hell. But their desire is to control this earth realm. They want to control this earth realm. And they know that you've got something that God has brought in to this place for a specific time and a specific reason. Their goal is to veil that from you to where you live a life of survival. You just simply, you know, eat, sleep, drink, and just exist. And as long as you do that, they don't really have a problem with you. But when you find out the truth, then all of a sudden, how many realize everything changes? Everything changes. Opposition begins to come into your life. I remember when I got born again, I mean, it just seemed like I had a big bullseye put on me. Things that were hitting me that I didn't know were even around me. But see, it's just like you're going down a stream. If you're going down a stream, everything in that stream is going that direction. It's usually a big old cliff, you know, ready to fall off. But when you repent and you turn, what happens is everything that's coming this way is now hitting you because you're going against the current. You're going against the current. Amen? And so I want to illustrate that today through a very simple object lesson. And um, who am I going to use of all these beautiful people? Jorge, would you come up here, brother? Praise God, we love. How we doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Good, good. Wade, would you come up here, my brother? Hallelujah. Matthew, would you come up here, brother? I know you. He sensed it in the spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jeff, would you help us again? I know you stood up the entire service in there. Let's move over, over there where we got some room. Okay? Now, I'm going to show you how this works. Because the devil is not content with just having you be dead in your trespasses and sins. He wants to ensure that you never find out who you are. He wants you to live life the way he wants you to live life. Out of the way, ineffective, impotent, and dead. He just wants you there. And he knows that this world has something that's kind of moving around in it called the gospel. And so he wants to ensure to fortify what he believes is his possession to ensure that 
this individual does not access life in the gospel. So he's going to put in certain uh, things that cause this person to resist or even fight against the message of Jesus Christ. All right? So let's, let's introduce to George here. Okay, we're going to call him uh, Mr. G. All right, so Mr. G here, he, um, he's born into the world of two beautiful people. And uh, they come together, and the Bible says when the two come together, they create one flesh. And this is the one flesh. The, both of their lives came together, and they created one flesh. They procreated uh, a child. And so that, they have a lot to do with how big his ears are and, you know, you know, what his face looks like and his body type and his body style and how he walks. It's all based upon, you know, the genetic pool that he was born into. But we also need to understand that there's far more to Mr. G than is physically seen. That God put his substance within him which means that God intricately packed a collection of gifts, a collection of words, a collection of efficiencies and, 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 and talents, and packed them in because he knew that he's going to be in the game, and he's going to... I, I by faith, God believes that he's going to find Christ... And that he is going to release these gifts into the earth that God has given him. That's God's desire. God's desire is for you to do exactly what he put you on planet earth to do. But many never find it. In fact, many are successful at other things and they fail at what they were created to do. They might be successful in the earth, but yet they never, they never do what God has called them to do. You are accountable, every one of us, for the substance that God put within you. You see, whether it's five or ten or one, there are talents that are placed within each and every individual that we are accountable for. We will give an account for those gifts. The substance, praise God, of the Spirit of God that is within us. However... Because he's born into this earth realm, he is born into a world where sin and death prevail. So he has what is known as the sin nature. He is not operating in the divine nature. He has the sin nature. So that means that he is separated from his source. He's supposed to operate with God as his source, but he doesn't operate that anymore. He operates in death, not in life. Now, he has psychic life, and he has biological life, but he does not have the author of life on the inside of him. You see, spirit life, this is a principle you need to get a hold of. Spirit life is the parent of all life. Let me say that again. Spirit life is the parent of all life. There would be no biological life without spirit life. There would be no psychic life without spirit life. That means this, that the maladies that our psychic life may have 
and the infirmities that our physical life may have can always be resolved by spirit life. Are you out there? Can always be resolved by spirit life. But he doesn't have access to that yet. He is alienated from the life of God. He does not have access to God. And this gospel is, you know, kind of coming in and he hears it here and there. It gets a hold of him and he, he kind of, you know, he's kind of curious about it. But see, the enemy preemptively has already amassed a huge plan to keep it to where if he hears the gospel, there's going to be some things that are going to work against that and even cause him to resist it. Isn't it amazing that you could give a gift such as life and people will fight you to not receive it? Well, that shows you how detrimental that nature is on the inside and the plots and plans of the enemy to keep you bound. Amen? So what he does is he proactively begins to work in Mr. G's life from the time he gives his first cry till the time he is today. A plot has been planned. And what the enemy seeks to do is he seeks to take life experiences and weaponize them. He wants to take traumatic events in our life. And trauma comes in all shapes and sizes, doesn't it? It can have carry-on trauma, or you can have the big trauma that you have to put in a big old truck and haul around. But trauma is trauma. And trauma can have an effect on your life in such a way that it impairs you from seeing who you really are. There are people that are more identified with their pain than they are with the Prince of Peace. Okay? And so the enemy seeks to create these barriers. Okay? So it starts off when Mr. G is eight. And a significant other, a person of great esteem and authority begins to speak to him harshly. And use words that are demeaning and words that are condescending to him. And in fact, this person holds such high regard that the weight of his words are far different than the weights of a playground buddy or some kind of other friend or work associate or wherever. These words are weighty. And how many realize that we put different weights? Two words depending upon who says them. You understand that? So here comes an uncle, a father, a grandfather, somebody, and he begins to say, Mr. G, you are stupid. You are the dumbest thing I have ever seen. I don't think that you are going to amount to anything. You know, you better just get on welfare right now at eight years old because you're going to need it. Hello? I'm serious. There's people that talk to children this way. Look straight ahead. All right? Maybe you were talked to this way. I'm using this as a very, very broad stroke illustration, okay? It could be anything. To you're ugly. No man will ever want to be with you. You are just ugly. You are hideous. Okay? Or 
you'll never amount to anything. You're dumb. You're stupid. I've, I've sat across from grown men in their 50s, and the biggest roadblock to their life was they were called stupid. And it caused them to modify their life in such a degree that they didn't get the help they needed. They just built a fortification and a wall to protect themselves. And what happens is, is you not only protect a wall to protect yourself, but you keep everybody else out. And so you're actually a slave to what you have built around you to cause you to feel comfortable with the information that you've been given. Okay? So this is what happens. I mean, it's told to him, and I mean, it sinks down deep. I mean, it gets in there. Papa said that. Daddy said that. You know, oh my gosh, I must be. Because we tend to put credibility to other people's words, especially when we love them and look up to them. But we need to realize we have an enemy, an enemy that wants to use those words to enslave us and keep us from accessing the source. Okay? So what happens is, is he's not just lost. He now has a buddy wrap around him in there. He's got a buddy. And this is... And everything, every time, he's given an opportunity to prove those words wrong. And every time they say, Mr. G, would you take this project? We really see potential in you. This thing wraps tight around him. And he'll go, he'll smile, and he'll, you know, acknowledge that they're trying to, you know, encourage him. But inside, it's just... How many know what I'm talking about? Inside, it's just, you'll never do this. What are they thinking? This is stupid. This is dumb. You know, who do you think you are? And it's just gut-wrenching, just churning on the inside, just absolutely churning. Look fine on the outside. Look just fine. Looks just real good. But Mr. G is still in bondage. He's impaired. You look at him physically, there's no impairment. He's a healthy young man. But see, we don't see this. We don't see the unseen. That's the reason why we have to be empowered to discover. See, there has to be a supernatural empowerment. Otherwise, we're never going to break free of those things. First off, we're not going to be aware they're there. Because people go their whole lives not realizing that something is globbed onto them. They just think it's them. They just think that that's the way they think. Well, that's the way I've always thought, so it must be me. No, it's not you. It's words that have been spoken under inspiration by the enemy to shackle you and to keep you from seeing to keep you from seeing. The devil doesn't want you to see. What, what did the Apostle Paul busy himself with in praying for the church? You find it in Ephesians. You find it in Colossians. You find it in Philippians. He prayed that they might see. 
He never prayed. I pray that you get. He never said that. He never said that. I pray that you get your eyes open. I pray that you get your inheritance. I pray that you get. No, he says you need to see what you already have. See, when you're born again, the treasures of heaven have come in you. But see, you can't access them if you don't see them. What's the role? The, the sin nature is to keep you far, far from God to where you can't connect with Him. And these guys, they're proactive, basically bullies that keep you from talking to the right people and seeing the right things. In fact, people will come to church with these buddies. And these buddies will say, you know, you don't need to go back there. That guy's a fool. Hello. You don't need to be listening to this. This is one of those weird churches. They told you not to come here. I'm serious. That's not you, friends. I said, that's not you. Hello. What happened to my, you know, three hymnal songs and a poem? You know, I, 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 I like that better. Well, there's somebody that likes it too. <laughs> You're looking at me like a cow at a new gate. It's the truth. They like it too. Listen, the devil loves religion. He loves it. He loves it. He loves for you just to go through the motions. He don't want you to learn anything. That's the reason why you get a spirit of slumber on you when the preacher preaches. You think it's you that you stayed up too late and you're tired. No, he don't want you listening to it. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and are life. So when the word of God is preached and declared, spirit life is being imparted to you. These are not normal words. These are not words that you're getting from your football game tonight. These are words that are spirit and life. And the devil doesn't want you getting those because he knows that those will break you out of the cell he has in you. And he's, I'm even talking to Christians too because we'll find out later that this also affects believers as well if they don't know who they are and they don't know what they're called to do. Amen? Are you okay? So, you know, he grows up, gets about 18, 19 years old, and decides, you know what, if I'm going to be successful in life, uh, then I know I was called dumb and stupid, but I got to go to college. I, I got to go get, get education because that's the only way, you know, because you get education, they put you in a different bracket, you know, uh, financially. So we're going to do that. It may not necessarily be qualified to do it, but I've got a degree and they'll give me X amount of dollars for it. So that's the way the world system works, so I got to do that. So he goes into one of the fine junior colleges around here and, and he meets professor so-and-so, some fat professor that's tenured and never held a job. No, no offense, Wade. <clears throat> he, 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 wants to, he wants to go into business, so he wants to take business classes. But it's amazing that the classes that his parents paid for, the instructors don't necessarily talk about business. They want to talk about Yahweh. 
They want to talk about, you know, uh, the, the, the patriarchy. And, and they want to talk about, you know, how Christians are stupid and dumb. And, and so they get attacked all the time with this rhetoric that's coming out of college when they're supposed to be taking, you know, classes that will cause them to be uh, equipped in business, but yet their faith is on fire. That should be uh, a red flag number one. See, secular education, I'm just, please don't get mad at me. Secular education fortifies you in the carnal mind because it's based upon the earth up. So therefore, information that we get in these esteemed schools changes. How many remember the encyclopedia years? I'm old enough to remember encyclopedias. My parents would take out loans to get encyclopedias for me, to give me the advantage, to give me the edge so that my prep scores would be a certain way and I'd be able to get in school to get a good job, okay? Well, you know, if you picked up 1974 Encyclopedia Britannica and you opened them up, the information is wrong. It's changed. Why is that? Because man is not the end-all, be-all of wisdom. But yet we think we are. And I'm telling you, those tenured professors believe they do. And so their whole goal is to break you down so that they can build you up in what they believe. Okay? And they're being used by the enemy. And so he gets bombarded with this, you know. Here, here we go. He grabs a hold of him. Mindsets. Books that he wished he'd never read. How many have ever done that? Books that you read. Uh, you know, um, seminars that you took and heard, and you just wrestle with it all the time. God tries to move on you. People try to come to you, and they say, you know what? Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Yeah, but... But this and but that and so and so said this and but what about this and they're wrestling with what this their education I'm not against education but you need to understand that physical education is about the carnal man the flesh man it's all based upon what you can see what you can feel what you can hear, what you can taste, what you can handle. But you're a spirit creation. You're not just a body. There's realms that you are supposed to contact that can't be quantified with education of today. You need the Bible, which is debated in these realms. Mocked and ridiculed. And so he's walking around, not just with the trauma of a family situation, but now his own carnal mind has been weaponized against him to where the answer and the solution, he can't see it because he's been bombarded with all of the brain junk that came through his education. And this starts from the time you go to kindergarten. Okay? You're taught to develop the carnal mind. 
The carnal mind is enmity against God. To be carnally minded, the Bible says in Romans 8, is death. So that means this, that majority of what I learn physically just acclimates me to operate in the realm of death. Death isn't just cessation of life. Death is a condition. It's a condition of spirit. Okay? All right? So he grows up, get, you know, graduates college, gets a good job, and he finds a young lady and wants to marry this young lady. But you know what? After about seven years, it just falls apart. And uh, she finds someone else and runs off with someone else, and he is feeling absolutely dejected, rejected. He doesn't even feel like a human being anymore. And then all of a sudden, this rejection just globs onto him, wrap around that neck right there. And it just chokes him. It absolutely chokes him. And so what I'm showing you through this illustration is I'm showing you that when you run into a person, you're not just running into what you see. You're running into all that that you don't see. And we could go over and over and over and over and over again um, with various different tentacles that are trying to get in this person's life to keep them from hearing the gospel message because the gospel message reveals who you are. Let me say that again. The gospel message reveals who you are. Amen? So, let's look at the scripture here and let's realize that now Regardless of all the devil's traps, regardless of all his strongholds, the gospel comes to our brother, and he embraces it. Guess what? God's gospel is so powerful, it can penetrate through all that. It can penetrate, penetrate through every bit of that. As, no, no matter how tight they might put their claws, put a bind on him. Hello? The gospel penetrates his heart, and he embraces the gospel message. He's sick of this. He's sick of this life. He's sick of always being tormented in his mind. He's, he's found another girl. He's thinking about marriage again, but he doesn't he want it because he's afraid it's going to fail again. Why? Because he's got this around his neck. You see what I'm saying? So, so he, he doesn't really have good relationships because... He can never really connect because of the hurt words that were said. He has trouble connecting with people. And then, you know, when it came to the gospel, boy, the gospel had to really override a lot of these thoughts. But he just made a choice because, listen, guys, belief is an act of will. Let me say that again. Belief is an act of will. Listen, it's not that... Oh, yeah, I see it, therefore, I, no, it's, I choose. Oh, my goodness gracious, get a hold of this, it'll change you. Listen, your heart can know things that your mind cannot see. Hello? Is it pretty bad breath over there? I bet I made them drink a bunch of coffee before they came in there and did that. But anyway... So, so now let's look at this scripture again and look at this. Notice he's not in an empowered position. Does this look empowered to you? 
No, this is enslavement. This is absolute and utter bondage. He was in bondage within, and he's in bondage without. But the gospel has come to set us free. Okay? So even if he gets born again, and his spirit is made new, he still has to deal with these things. Because once he calls upon the name of the Lord, they may release their grip a little bit, and there might be a honeymoon phase in which you're not really cognizant or aware that they're there, but they don't go anywhere until you deal with them. But thank God Jesus has given us the ability to deal with them. Amen? Amen. Notice what he said. I bow my knee humbly before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you. Notice this. I pray that he would unveil within you. So although he is suppressed on the outside, the answer is within him. Did you get a hold of that? The answer is within him. How many have ever tried to get somebody to come and help you try to pull these things off you know well you know the gospel is it the Masoretic text and give you all kinds of apologetics and but but I'm telling you this thing's in you tight it's in you tight and then you know what Mr. G that she didn't know what she was doing you know she you're an attractive man you're fine love again you know trying to pull this off and then you say you know what you know, dads say mean things sometimes, man. They, they do. You know, you just need to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Just like Frozen. Let it go. <laughs> to no avail. They still walk out with the same stuff. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You can't solve spiritual problems with fleshly tools. You just need to be more positive. If you were more positive, you know, no. The positivity beam does not dissolve these things. You can be positive and walk around with them. But notice this. It says, and I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches, Johnny. What's on the inside of every believer? Unlimited riches. Unlimited riches. Hallelujah. Of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being. Notice where the strength comes from. It comes from within. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Just simply because he's born again does not exempt him from this bondage. He is going to have to rise up in the strength of God given to him in Christ Jesus and realize that he is empowered to discover. And by that empowerment, he's able to break off from these things. So, here we go. Get this. 
he begins to be empowered to discover what he is called to be by constantly using his faith. He is growing. He is renewing his mind. And all of a sudden, he's just walking with the Lord because that's really where deliverance comes from is just in our walk with the Lord. Everybody wants an immediate thing. No, the Lord says, walk with me and I'll make you whole. Okay? So he begins to walk with the Lord, gets into a good church. The church talks to him about family relationships and shaking off offenses that have been uh, against us, forgiving, getting out of, of the root of bitterness. And what happens is, is he's able to take it and he just pushes him off. Now notice that. He pushes that area off. Now I want you to notice this. He didn't go anywhere. He's just not connected to him. But he stays within proximity. Do you understand that? Demons don't go on vacation and leave just because you have pushed them and resisted them. They stay and wait because they're on a mission. And they got all the time that's left in the world. So they're going to stay around. Notice, the, you know, he's away from him, but he's still there. He's still there waiting for opportunity to glob on again. Because how many of you realize that we may get free initially, but those thoughts are going to come back to us. Those feelings are going to come back to us. And we've got to make a decision consciously every day to take up our cross and follow him to lay ourselves as a living sacrifice upon the altar and not be governed by our feelings because there may be a situation that happens at a subway that reminds him of that. Listen, this is real stuff. You can get in a relationship and that relationship will remind you of an abuser in your past. And that's how they stick around because they're looking for resonance. They're looking for a connection point. Now they've already built something in this man and he is resisting them through the word of God, the power of the spirit, but he's still waiting around. So he begins to think about marriage and he begins to think about marrying this other girl and he wants to do it right this time. So he begins to renew his mind on marriage. Well, guess what? He just begins to see you've got to understand that God's not doing this directly. God's doing this in tandem with you. The empowerment has been given to you. You must apply and break the stuff off of you. Now, the power's there. You don't have the power. No one has the power. But you've got the will that God has given you. You've got the deciding factor I will not live this way anymore. This is not a part of my life. But notice, still around. Still part of the posse. Okay? Still following him around. Well, then he begins to renew his mind, goes to Bible school and stuff like that. He begins to realize that the, the Bible is a spiritual book and addresses spiritual things, not just natural things. And so he begins to realize and it begins to refute some of these bad uh, thinking habits 
philosophies and ideas that he got through his formal education. So he's broken free of those things because he was empowered to. You have been empowered to discover. That doesn't mean you're going to discover. It means that you've been empowered with the power to do that. See, he can be free. He can walk out of the cell, but he's got to do it. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon shall be yours. Are you with me? So now he's experiencing some freedom and there's margin between him and these three strongholds that have affected his life, all his life. So he's growing, he's abounding. But here's where people stop. They get discouraged. They, they get weary and well-doing. Maybe their prayer life, they prayed for something, it didn't happen the way they thought it would. Well, what happens? They begin to lose ground. Now, don't touch him, but move in a little more. They begin to lose ground. You see, the more, would you, would you want that to happen to you in a dark uh, alley? These three characters, oh my goodness. But that's what happens spiritually. You know, you're thinking you're just going and having a good day, and then all of a sudden you get disappointed, you get disgusted, you get offended. Something happens. What do they do? They creep forward. They begin to gain more ground. And eventually, many believers find themselves attached to them again. Because they did not consistently use their faith. You see what I'm saying? Use their faith. See, you've got to not only use your faith to get free, you have to use your faith to stay free. Amen? So here is the, here's the, here's the deal. See, back off just a little bit. What we need to step into in 2022 is we need to stop being in Egypt mode and getting out of Egypt, and let's start taking our promised land. Amen? Most of us are struggling with addictions, and we've struggled with these same addictions for years and years. Every New Year's resolution is the same for us. I've been there, you've been there. And the problem is, is that we really haven't successfully dealt with these jokers. They're still around. They sing to us from afar. You know, they say, hey, remember that time? And, you know, they throw out memories, and we begin to ruminate all of their different uh, movies that they throw us in minds, and, and they continue to encroach and, and to encroach because they... They want you to be in bondage to them. Why don't we, in 2022, say this? I'm tired of just being free. I'm going to take ground. I'm going to take dominion. You know, I'm not just content with the shackles at my feet. I want to walk away from them where I never see them again. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this life. I'm sick of dealing with these guys day in, day out. They seem to come in seasons. Did you know that satanic attacks, they come in seasons? You'll have seasons in which you'll have no pressure in regards to that. 
But then all of a sudden, a, a pressure situation will come in, and all of a sudden, you begin to see them begin to bombard you with harassment. Begin to say, you know what? Your dad never loved you. You're, you're a bastard. You know, they're, they're nasty. They don't use nice words like I use. Hello? I mean, they'll tell you, you're, they never loved you. You, were, you know, they wanted to abort you. I mean, they're nasty. And they try to grab a hold. Why don't we just, instead of just sitting there waiting for them to come back, why don't we make a decision that Mr. G says, you know what, I'm not just content just to be free. I want to walk in true dominion. So what does that mean? I'm going to, I'm going to, I realize I had a problem in that area. And you know what? God helped me. But you know what? I need to move that area. Put your hands out there like you're going to push. And just push that out of my life. And get that thing out of my life. Okay? You know, I'm having some marriage problems just like I did before. There's some issues that are going on that remind me of my previous marriage. Instead of just waiting for it to beat me down and trying to reach out and get God to bail me out, why don't I just use the word and my confession? Why don't I use my prayer life to grab a hold of that joker by the nap of his neck and get him out of this area of my life to where I don't have to deal with that anymore? And you know what? I got fed a bunch of crud when I was in school. And I'm going to continue to be a student of the Bible. I'm going to pursue the Lord. And I'm going to grab a hold of this old chunky professor. And I'm going to get him out of my life. You see what I'm saying? You, you see the difference? Now, does he have margin? How much margin does he have? This is what we call freedom. You see what I'm saying? This is what we call freedom, guys. This is true freedom. Freedom is getting rid of the sequestering of our ideas, thoughts, and philosophies and demonically inspired attitudes and creating through the Word of God and the power of the Spirit the margin necessary to experience freedom. And that's how we do it. Amen? Let's give God praise for these four individuals. So as you can see, this doesn't happen overnight. This doesn't happen just because we want it to happen. It happens because we, we get in connection with God and we start cooperating with Him. The jail cell is already open. The bonds have been broken. You don't need to live that way anymore. I think sometimes we just equate new life with just having our sins forgiven. Yes, I'm grateful. Jesus died for my sins. I'm grateful that he washed them away and removed them from me. 
But there is more to what Jesus did than just simply forgiving you. He has empowered you. He has equipped you. He has given you the ability to discover who you truly are. Your identity is found in Him. And the more I am connected to that, the more margin I'm going to have with these things that keep me bound. Amen? I love Genesis 17. It's where God appears to Abram and he reveals himself as El Shaddai. And he says, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And a lot of people, they read that with religious eyes and they think, oh my gosh, I've got to be perfect. But that's not what he said in the Hebrew. Notice what he said to Abram and it's the same thing he's saying to you today. He says this, Walk with me, for I am El Shaddai. Walk with me, and in the walking, you will be made whole. Amen? I've ran out of time. But I hope you got a hold of that. Because God has given you supernatural ability to empower you to discover there's more to you than what you saw in the mirror this morning. There's more to you than what you have taken evaluation of your life. There's more to you. You are a person that was created by God to operate in three dimensions, not just in the flesh. You are connected to Almighty God. And you have access to His kingdom. That way we can say, greater is He that's in us than he that's in the world. I like what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, I am 10,000 times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. Amen? Amen. Lift your hands and just praise the Lord. Thank Him for His word. We glorify and magnify you, Jesus, and thank you for your word today. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, if there's anyone that needs the Lord today to open that journey to discovery, I just pray for the conviction power of the Holy Spirit. I pray for those that need to be reacquainted with who they are. I pray for those who need equipping, who need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, who need healing in their body who need deliverance in their mind. I just pray for each and every one of them in Jesus' name. If you're here and you have need in any of those areas, we're going to have uh, ministers that are going to be up here ready to pray with you. Don't leave the way you came in because everything you need is available right now. The Word of God has went forth. This is a miracle-rich environment. Lay hold of it by faith. Amen? Praise the Lord. We're going to have just a few announcements and then we'll close.
have a copy.